This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Happy to be here, and I am super excited about this dad panel. Um, I just want to give a little bit of an intro, because this is actually the last of a series of teachings that we've done called The Blessing. And we took a story out of Jesus's life where his dad, God, put his blessing on Jesus, his affirmation, his approval, and how powerful that was in Jesus's life and how powerful the blessing is to us. Ideally, life was designed that our home of origin would be that place where we would receive our greatest sense of identity, that we would understand our intrinsic value, no matter what we accomplished or didn't accomplish, that we were of value. But for a lot of us, either our home of origin did not do that. And thank you for that vulnerability, Diva, of sharing this morning, because you are not alone in that journey either. But for so many of us, that was not what our home of origin was like. Or for those of us who our home of origin was like that, there is still plenty in life that tries to snatch that away from us. So this series has been so powerful. And what would it mean if we could bask in God's approval? How would that change our lives? And this morning for Father's Day, I love this idea of bringing this dad panel out because our dads have a voice in our life. But our dads are on their own journeys as well of how do they live in affirmation? How do they be in the total mix of this life with skin on? What does it look like? So um, I want to read one um, Bible verse that just speaks to Father's Day. It comes out of Psalm 68. A father, oh, this is David talking about God. God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, his God in his holy dwelling place. God sets the lonely in families. That is a beautiful depiction of what the church can be and should be. So this dad panel is not a group of experts who have it all together. And in fact, I do hope, like Diva said, we get into the nitty gritty of it. She has set the bar on vulnerability, boys. Let's do this. So dads, can you come out? I'm going to keep talking a little bit while they get themselves situated. But this is not a panel of experts. In fact, I think one of the ways that we can actually be a place for the lonely to find a family is a sense of camaraderie. So these dads are intentional. And they are sincere in their journey, but their most defining feature is that they are game to get up on stage in front of you and just talk real. Like, just be real. So I have a bunch of questions. I'm just going to ask them to share. They have the right to plead the fifth. That is absolutely a thing that they can do. But what I would like to do is just have an honest conversation just an honest conversation about walking in life, both with the blessing, trying to pass the blessing on to others. How can we walk forward in the messiness of life with a sense of self? And so, hello. Oh, it's hello, bright. Ryan. I did not warn you about the brightness. I'm sorry. I'm oh. used to it. This is going to be so much fun. Okay. I'm going to sit right over here. I don't have to share openly. <laughs> I'm going to sit right over here, but could we start with the first question? And maybe you could start with your name and the context of your parenting. So let's, can we start over here? And we'll just go straight. That'll save us time. Uh, we have a half an hour ago. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Don. Um, 
I have uh, been a parent for 37 years, 37 and a half years. So my daughter is uh, away from home, living in Fresno. Um, she is uh, our uh, only child of uh, Cindy, my lovely wife, who uh, in two months and two days will celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary. So a year ago and two weeks, and we do count days in our house, um, my daughter blessed us by adopting two little boys. So I'm a dad and an instant grandpa of two boys who are now three and six. Uh, I'm Kyle. I actually have uh, been married coming up on 19 years. Um, we have uh, two kids, one, uh, two daughters. One just turned seven. One's just about four. I am originally from the Midwest, and I'm basically a product of uh, Leave It to Beaver, the Cleavers. That was my household. Uh, we have completely flipped the, square, the script. Uh, I'm married to uh, the wonderful Julie out here, who many of you know. Uh, she is a very independent, very... Uh, uh, amazing woman, and we've completely flipped the script. So uh, I am uh, homeschooling. I am uh, a former stockbroker, worked 14 hours. It's now focused on what's going on at home and having a small office that is basically just there. Yes. Yes. Good job. That's Kyle. Hi, I'm Rick DeCarly. I had the honor of raising and still raising in some ways uh, four wonderful kids. Yeah. Uh, two boys of my own and my nephew, and then my little girl, who's probably six foot one, <laughs> Sienna. They're all giant children. So. Uh, Marcy's my wife, and we've enjoyed the journey of raising kids, and uh, we're real excited to, to share with you guys. Uh, my name is Adam, and uh, I have a blended family with my wife, Rebecca. Uh, when we met nine years ago, I had an instant family of a two- and five-year-old, and now we're up to four kids. We have uh, 15, 12, four, and 10 months, so it's been an interesting nine years. <laughs> That's Adam. Good work. Good work. <laughs> I don't know how to say this nicely, but I don't envy you, my friend. Oh! I don't envy me either. <laughs> uh, my name is Justin, and I've been married for 15 years to Jessica. I have, I'm a father with two daughters that are 13 months apart. So I have a 10 and 11-year-old, and uh, so I'm just trying to figure that out. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's going to get interesting, I'm told. <laughs> it isn't already? Not quite yet. <laughs> I'm glad I'm going last because I can do the math on how long I've been married. Nice. <laughs> so I believe at the end of this month, me and Diva will be sharing 16 years of marriage. Okay. Good job. Yes. Good job. Yeah. I'm surprised too, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have uh, three children, a 10-year-old daughter. Uh, Dominic Seven and a hot mess called Miles, who is only three. So the there's plenty of joys of parenting, but also a lot of uh, man, a lot of questions sometimes. But I'm sure we'll get into that, right, Angela? Oh yeah, right. oh yeah, that's Gus. 
Okay, so I just kind of feel like I'm horning in on a really great dad conversation. So I'm going to try to do my best to stay out of it. Um, but that means we're going to have to sort of manage this uh, independently. Um, if you could, a couple of you share about whether you did or did not receive the blessing that we have been talking about, your dad's affirmation, or your, actually your parents would be fine too. Did you receive the blessing from your home of origin? And uh, is it, if you did, is it the same blessing that you are trying to pass on uh, to your kids, or have you had to tweak that? So, could a couple of you share about that? I won't be shy. So, I believe when I received blessing wasn't until I was an adult, actually, and my father was my father was a man of few words when we grew up. As later in life, when he actually ran a day car business, he started talking more, but it was all in jokes. But as he came close to the end of his life, there were a lot more conversations that were that way that I felt the blessing came through then. And as I've thought about this over the last few days, because we did get these questions ahead of time, and at four this morning I woke up and I realized I had a conversation with my daughter when she was in junior high school when she was having a very hard time, mainly with boys in school. And that conversation that gave her permission to be who she was changed her life. And I've been you know, super proud of her then. And I might not have thought of it at the blessing at that time, but that's what it was. Thanks, Doug. Great. Oh. <laughs> okay, audience, I'm going to have to manage you, too. you got to stop the clapping. <laughs> Could you hold that? Do you mind? <laughs> like, amen. Mm-hmm. It's not a, we'll do that, but we better. Good job, Don. Though that's clap worthy. So mine's a little different. I mean, uh, I grew up uh, in an atmosphere that didn't have like a lot of, um, I guess, affirmation. Hey, you should go try this. You're really good at that. That kind of stuff. But um, I always felt loved, and they were that they were proud of me, even though if they weren't always able to express it. But as far as the blessing from my father, the biggest blessing that I received was a cycle that he broke in his own life. Uh, generation after generation was physically and, and verbally extremely abusive. And um, it got to me, and, and he, had, he said, I'm doing it different. And so uh, that was the biggest blessing was, wow. was to, to see that cycle. And I kind of see that as a blessing. Every time that a parent, a generation does something to move the needle, and he moved it a lot um, because he never physically uh, harmed me or was verbally abusive. So, I mean, to go from that massive amount of abuse to um, nothing was a big moving the needle in the right way, and I think that was a huge blessing that I got to live um, under that roof and get an example of how to manage your own anger uh, in a way that is not uh, abusive. I had the honor of two fathers, to clarify. One was a stepfather, and the other was my maternal father. Um, the neat part about that was one was a developer who just wanted to build the world, and the other one was a perfectionist. And the um, fun part about that was my developer father said, you can do anything that you can imagine, and you've got to be willing to work hard. And my, my maternal father said, everything you choose to do, do to your very best ability. And those were both gifts, and I, I know after speaking with my kids about the gifts, um, they've received both of those, that you do whatever God's allowing you to do in life and do it with excellence. So, And you can do anything. So That's cool. Okay, uh, 
Kyle, I'm going to call you out if it's okay. You can plead the fifth. It's totally fine. But you've already shared that you have uh, made a serious flip the script from your home of origin. And so it seems like you've had to work kind of hard to figure out how to define success as a dad because you're choosing to make it look very different. So could you and then maybe one or two others of you share what your definition is of winning as a dad? What's your win? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing I've realized is how a lot of things that I'm doing are typically done by women. Uh, and, and what really, not frustrates me, what I really focus on doing are just, so in our household we have roles and we have responsibilities. And the way we break it down is, is everyone have, you know, plays a part. Um, I'm not a fan of the, the mom role and the dad role. I just think there are things that are to be done I am in uh, homeschool groups on Facebook, and oftentimes the post is about a topic, and they'll say, hey, moms, check this out. And I, I was like, and me, or and dads. Um, but that's typically the way things are done. And, and so the way that we see things, and we, we talk to um, our daughters about, is we're not, again, not raising little girls. I'm raising two independent, strong uh, children that will eventually be able to, to do whatever they put their mind to. So um, I don't like the, uh, the roles of dads do this and moms do that. And in my household, uh, my dad worked all day. My mom, had a, she worked from home, uh, but my parents were always present and uh, you know, cooking and different tasks were, were shared. So uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, I, I definitely have had to fight through the, uh, some resentment because of how things have changed and where I'm at. But I tell you what, looking at, at our kids... And how much we love them, you know, it, it puts it all in perspective. So yeah. it yeah. kind of takes it off me and, and back on them. Yeah. Yeah. Is someone else willing to share what your win is? Like, what's your picture of, okay, that's the kind of dad I want to be, or the, that's my goal? One of the things that was kind of passed down to me by my parents was um, a fear of, of uh, not having a fear of failure. And that... I've found that to be a really great asset in my life, and that's something that when I'm interacting with all of our, all of our kids from, not really the 10-month-old, but from, the, from our, even, <laughs> even at our, as with our four-year-old, is, is not having a, a fatalistic uh, mindset of that because you fail, you're a failure. Um, that failing is okay and failing at things is a part of life and you move forward through it and you grow stronger from it. Um, that's something that especially is important with now as we have a teenage daughter going through high school and playing sports and things like that. And it's been really great to see how that has developed in her as she's gotten older. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Guess you look like, yeah. Are you game to take that one oh. on? Yeah, no. Um, you know, so, sometimes, um, you know, as a father, I feel like there's more failing that there is winning, uh, only because there's there's so many things in which you try to control through yourself about how you discipline your kids, how you talk to your kids, how you may even reward your kids. And sometimes those things come out of maybe me feeling guilty on some degree, but I want to make my children feel happy to give them something. But... It, it, Obviously, it's not about that. It's, it's how you can parent them to make them feel good about themselves, about how they can do things later on that makes them um, good people. Uh, so sometimes I kind of think about it like in football season. If your team goes 500 
yeah, they're doing okay. So my model in parenting sometimes, man, God, just let me go 500 with my kids. <laughs> let my failures equal my wins so that they don't need therapy <laughs> later on in life. Because <laughs> it, it's sometimes so, so difficult to try and, you know, work through your own issues about how you were parented and then try to, you know, give those to your, you know, how you, how you parent your kids is not should be how you were parented, but kind of changing that. Because for myself... Uh, for my, um, like my mom raised us mostly. My dad was working a lot. Uh, but my mom was really strict, very obedient is what she wanted at all times. And sometimes I find myself wanting that for my, for my kids to be obedient. Uh, but I'm finding that it's, um, not often working. That, <laughs> uh, that there has to be, um, I'm learning about finding grace first before, um, obedience. Uh, so, so sometimes those are the things that, I, that I'm struggling with. I'm obviously working through them. My wife obviously tells me many, many things about <laughs> what, what I'm doing and what we should do. Um, it's tea. It's a tea. So sometimes it's uh, I know she's right there, Mark. I know she's right. There. I'm trying, not trying to make eye contact. <laughs> so sometimes it's like a, I don't know. Maybe what my wife thinks we have four kids sometimes, with me being the fourth. But I love being a kid. <laughs> mm. um, okay, so maybe that's a good segue into a question about what are you facing? Because you're all at such different stages of, of parenting. What's a challenge that you're facing right now that is stretching your limits? If you're game to share that. Did you hear the part where I have four children? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, look at your eyes. <laughs> Your eyes are all buggy. Pushing the limits of sanity, huh? <laughs> all right. Adam, check. Uh, yeah. Stretching at this point in our uh, journey with a uh, child is watching her raise children. And even though she's doing a lot of the things that the way we raised her, it's keeping your, keeping your mouth shut at the times. There are certain times okay. that you don't agree with and, you know, as, as a grandparent. And... You want to spoil them, but we're in a little different situation where they didn't come up from infants, and we have to be careful with the spoiling because there's other issues with adoption that go on, especially as they they were older. So that's the issue sometimes is biting my tongue. Okay. All right. For, for me, um, because I didn't come from a, a, an effusive background, um, and anybody who knows me well, it's, it's hard for me to uh, give... Uh, praise, I guess, and things like that. So that is like the one thing that I'm constantly having to keep on my radar. And, you know, Gus brought up a good point. Actually, my wife is really great about, because she knows this is something I want to change in me, um, of, of when I come home and she's like, points over at the girls, you know, because they got a haircut that day. Aww. Like, <laughs> giving me a heads up, like, here's a chance to, for you to shine, Dad. Uh, so, like, having that um, spouse who's, who's working with you, not, yeah. like, just, you know, saying, hey, you need to do this or you need to do that. But when there's something that, well, I'm, I know I want to change in, in my life and that I want my children to, to have an experience, uh, having that partner who um, can do that, that was a, that's a really great thing. But it is very hard. Uh, under my own power to to come up with that, so that's why I'm so thankful. I've got somebody who can just elbow me a little bit every once in a while. 
Okay. Or often, um, <laughs> depending on how consumed I am with something else. Yeah. Hey, Justin, you just aff- affirmed what I said earlier when we were meeting each other and, and just talking about today that we are the dads we are because of the wives we married. Right. Without our spouses, we couldn't be the dads we are. There's just two two ways about it. All right. That, that, yeah. He's getting all sorts of points today. Um. <laughs> He's been at this a while. Uh, does anybody else want... Go ahead, Kyle. So transitioning from, right. I guess, instructor to mentor, um, oh. our kids are all in college. Well, one's out of college now and uh, two are still in. But there was a big shift from always telling them what to do and when to do and now letting them, kind of leading them to the own, own answers, helping them begin their adulting and uh, just affirming them and building them up. It's amazing to see them... Um, thrive when we encourage them rather than constantly instruct them. So that's been a a new transition for Marcy and I. So this has been a big one for me. Uh, we talk about the things that we need to do in our life, having balance. And for those of you that have uh, had kids that have been, you know, kids that are in school and they go back to school and you're like, oh, I can breathe again. Uh, homeschool uh. parents, they never. <laughs> Never happens. The only difference is, is when the kids are out for summer vacation, everything gets busier. So uh, with with me, uh, multitasking and, and juggling between kids and personal and family, not losing your personal identity. A lot of you know, moms can probably understand that. Um, and what's been key for me is scheduling because, for instance, homeschooling, research says it's you know, up to 90 minutes a day, a dedicated one-on-one time for elementary age and we can all find that but when you when it's not scheduled and you just feel like oh gosh there's all these things I need to do uh, uh, and another thing for me is, is getting to the gym and getting a, a break and, and but balance and multitasking is, is huge okay that makes sense so given the challenges and back to Gus's point about I know baseball I don't know football so I want to say batting but the whole 500 thing uh, how do you console yourselves when you're staring at your wins and losses? How, oh, how, yes. So we go through, we have, you know, traveling soccer leagues. We have traveling basketball leagues. We have a four-year-old who wants to be constantly played with and read to, and the same thing with an infant. And one thing my my wife is really great about is reminding me that um, these times are finite and that, um, you know, yeah, I might have been asked to read seven books today, but a time will come where nobody's going to ask me to read books again. And so that's, that's kind of a constant thing that I remind myself of when I were feeling overwhelmed or there's so much going on that you don't feel like you have enough hours in the day that, one day, it's, it's going to be over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Any other words of consolation you say to yourself that manages the reality of the challenges? I think, one, you have to give yourself permission to make mistakes in the sense of, you know, if you're shooting for perfection, it's not going to happen. Um, and, and then for, for me, the first thing is, uh, admitting that I made a mistake, so apologizing to the child. Hey, I, I screwed this up or whatever. 
um, because one, it gets kind of that, it gets you into that humility mode, like, okay, and it, it allows you to go, okay, I'm allowed to make mistakes. And then what's other, what cool, is cool about it, too, is it, you, you're then able to go, okay, well, my kid's allowed to make mistakes. If I'm allowed to make mistakes, my kid's allowed to make mistakes, and that just kind of helps um, you figure out the lay lamp. But it starts with apologizing and going, hey, dad makes mistakes. Uh, dad does things wrong, you know, not just mistakes, but uh, what I did was wrong and, or whatever it might be. And then there's like a, there's a, re, a reset in the relationship. And then you're able to move on from there and not have to carry all of your failures along with you along the way because you get to start over. If that's for me, one of the ways that I would uh, that I go about it. Could I ask a follow up on that? It's not in sure. the pre warned cards. Uh, it doesn't assist you when you watch one of your daughters forgive you with your self forgiveness process. Yes, is that helpful? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. because now I know. Hey. They're forgiving me. I can let it go. I don't have to um, hold myself to okay. to a, a certain standard, and then able to move. And kids are really good at forgiving, and especially yeah. parents. Um, they're really because they want to have a good relationship with you. They don't want something broken. Uh, although um, I will say they're ten and eleven, so I don't know what happens when Next. they get into those teenage years. <laughs> but I'm going to try and stay the same, even when they mm, yeah. fluctuate. Okay? Good plan. Good plan. Good point, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, you, Adam, you've already mentioned that Becca is part of your process for self-consolation, but one of the questions I'd like to know is where do you turn for encouragement? Where do you turn um, for camaraderie? Like, Well, I'm kind of past that stage, but I was thinking about it last night, and... Cindy and I got married very young. We were the first of our friends married, first of our friends to have kids. We had no friends to ask for advice. That We weren't involved in any parenting groups. Um, we were closer to my parents than Cindy's parents, so they didn't give us advice. My parents, a lot. we leaned 100% on each other. Okay. If I had a bad day, I went to her. If she had a bad day, for us, it was a... a when there were struggles, it was the two of us coming up with a resolution for it. Okay. I, didn't, I wish I were somebody. I mean, I know back then, during that time, I was not going to church. During when my daughter became a teenager, maybe that's what put me to church. <laughs> <laughs> but we weren't. But I recollect at times that I did talk to God, even though I didn't come in and you know feel like I was a believer. But I remember talking to Him during the day when, when you'd have things going on. But we relied on each other. Okay. I concur with that. Uh, Marcy's always been my biggest cheerleader and also put me in check when I wasn't being an, a good, good father. Ah! <laughs> but 30 years, um, can't say we've always rowed the boat in the same direction, but we've always been in the boat together and we're willing to challenge each other. But when it came to parenting, we worked out our differences away from the kids. We settled on the way we were going to handle things and discipline and um, instruct and encourage. We did that outside the kids, so the kids didn't need to see us disagree or at least working it out. So. Okay. Uh, I've 
found the essential nature of using the tag team approach. And uh, before you get to the point of breaking, if you re- if you feel like, oh gosh, I just I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, recognizing, you know, having that spouse and get with Julie, uh, it's been a blessing because what we've learned is okay. Hey, I just I need some time. Can I just even five minutes? Um, because there have been times where again you get frustrated and it just it makes you feel twenty times worse seeing these little people that don't deserve our anger. I mean, it's, yeah. it's misplaced, and, but just uh, noticing when it's coming and, and just get the tag team and get the, get the other spouse or, or, or whatever it is, but take time and, and just relax and, and uh, remember your purpose. Okay. Gus, you want? Yeah, kind of take um, our own experiences, like for, for me and Diva, our, our childhoods, I mean, they weren't rough, but they weren't easy either. So taking those experiences that we had as, um, as kids as we've grown up and how we want to change the parenting that we've had or we've been parented by and how we parent our, our own kids, just changing the experiences that we've had, those kind of set rules that used to be a part of how we were parented. Mm-hmm. Uh, i also look to our community groups or our life groups because within our group, um, each, uh, each of us have had our, our own stages of parenting right now, like Bill and Gail Butler, their children are adults and out of college and still in their profession, and we kind of glean off them of how they interact you know, with their daughters. Uh, and then uh, Alicia and Joe Webb, whose daughters are now in college, and they're in their you know, um, independence. And then there's uh, Jen, who has student, uh, kids who are going into middle school and high school. So we just kind of glean off those things about how they interact with one another. Uh, and how kind of just talk about how how they how the, you know how they're raised and kind of get some information from them. So we kind of look at other people as well about okay. how they're uh, how they're parenting their kids. Awesome. All right, this last one, and if you're game, I'd like you each to answer it, but we'll have to keep it kind of short. It's a tweak off of a question that I asked you. It's not exactly the same, so I'm sorry about that curveball. Uh, but this series is called the blessing, and we want to be the kind of church that uses our words of affirmation in the lives of dads. So what is one thing that you could hear from the people in your world that blesses your dad heart? What is something that the the people in your world can say to you that is like, thanks, I needed that? Are you game? I know I threw a curveball. For me, it's just uh, somebody going, hey, I see you're trying. Okay. And that's, uh, you know, I see you're trying. Not that, uh, hey, you're getting your nail in it. You're doing a great job, you know, whatever. But I can really see that you're trying. And then when you're feeling like I'm failing and I'm knowing that you're trying is, yeah. is just that affirmation you need. Okay. For me, hearing other people experiencing the same hardships... I mean, even sitting on this panel right now and hearing Justin talk about feeling like he's failing or Gus talking about needing grace, things like that, knowing that we're all experiencing the same struggles. We're all just doing our best and what we feel is the best we can do. Okay. Yeah. I think the biggest affirmation I get is when the kids come home, they want to be together, and that affirms that we created that tight bond that we believe in that our we take care of each other and we love each other and when they get home and they all want to be together and do meals together and vacation and they want to be together as a family i I love that that just says we did something okay there yeah yeah 
what I've realized is, is just the days where you see, whether it's the mom or the dad all flustered getting out of the car, the kids are screaming, and, and you can see. I mean, I've had moms that are just breaking down, and I think the, the best thing you can say is, you know, you're doing a good job, or just, just an, uh, an affirmation or something, because I think we just see things out of our own eyes, just focus on us, and when someone says, hey, how you doing, it, it totally wakes you up, and you're like, people do care, so I think if you see someone out there that's struggling, just again, whatever affirmation you can give them, but just recognize them, and see that struggle, and just do the best you can, and, and it's, it's really important. It's when, you know, when somebody comes up to you and says, you must be so proud of your daughter. That's all I can say. <laughs> See, that, that's why I feel like I'm a failure because it's a great answers here. I'm the last one and I have nothing inspirational to say. Because <laughs> so, we see you trying. We see uh, you trying. Thank you. Thank you. I told him, you better hurry, he's not, or he's going to end up with the last word. I would just and he was like, like oh, just, dang it. <laughs> on a Friday night, just give me a beer, and, <laughs> and that'll be all the affirmation I need to know all I did right. Will you tell them thank you for this? Good work, you guys. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.